Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Everybody's going to pay. <laughs> Everybody, it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. And now the night owl, you're tuning in to Wrestle Talk. 657-383-1521. We'll be discussing WWE, NXT, Lucha Underground, ROH, Fantasy Wrestling, and we'll have some of the best damn interviews from professional and independent wrestling that you've ever heard. And I'm Joe Lance. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle your seatbelts, keep your arms in the vehicle at all times. Wrestle Talk begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... Hello, hello, Russell Talk. Well, <laughs> before we start, I am Drake Lee, and you are welcome for me being here. You know, it is a beautiful Tuesday night here on the Bluffs in my mansion, and, you know, I wanted to spend it with you, but guess who's not here? <laughs> well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now. It's Jeremy Carr. The man who was so, he just had to do this with me. He just begged to do this with me. He's so prepared, we heard. We heard how, how prepared he does. Oh, he has all these notes. He has all this, does all this hard Are you kidding me? What time is it? Oh, I'm talking to myself. That's right, because I don't have a co-host. It is 7.03. But, folks, we have a show tonight like you could not imagine. And who better to tell you about it than, I mean, than me? Let's be honest here, right? <laughs> Oh, I'm going to have fun with this. And let's talk about this real quick. New beginnings. Think about this. When I first came onto the show and got interviewed, and they kept saying, wow, this is the best interview we've ever done, and, and come back, come back. Who would have thought? I mean, seriously, who would have thought I would be here in this position today? No one except, you know, my team, because we work really, really hard to make this stuff happen. But, folks, like I said, we have a great, great show lined up for you tonight. We're going to keep a little bit of a of a hole going just in case, you know, the uh, the co-host of the year over there wants to wants to get on. I'm just, I'm just playing. But while we wait for Jeremy, folks, let's talk a little bit about what our show entails tonight, okay? Tonight, well, it's me. It's Jeremy Carp. It's our first show ever. And, folks, I have a top five for you like you couldn't imagine when Jeremy gets on. And you are going to have the time of your life. And, yeah, you can thank me later. We're getting ready to go on Facebook Live for the first time ever from a Drake Lee perspective, so I don't know if they're going to pay me more money for that or not. We'll find out. We're going on to High Spots, and then tonight we have an interview with Tony Danucci. It's going to be a fantastic interview. Tony Danucci has done it pretty much, pretty much done it all in, in, the, in the professional wrestling industry, and we cannot wait to have him on the show. Then around 8 o'clock we're going to have our shoot and, our shoot and shout segment, and then around 8.15 we're going to have Evan Ginsberg on. Evan's been a part of a lot of great projects, and I can't wait to talk with him. And you know, let's hope they don't. You know, let's hope they can't wait to talk to me either, right, guys? All right, 8:45. Hopefully, 8:45. I'm reading the notes from Skywalker Roberts, as you know, Jeremy was supposed to be doing this part, but that's okay. 
game show challenge, I will be taking on Evan Ginsburg. And Evan, I apologize in advance if I win, which, you know, I might. I still don't concede. You know, the, the last time I lost the game show challenge, Jeremy cheated. I know Renee sent him every bit of material that he needed. And, uh, you know, we're just going to forget about that. So I'm still undefeated. I am still undefeated. And let's be honest, guys. Let's be honest. That's the way it needs to be. Drake Lee doesn't lose ever. And I would just be doing you guys such a disservice if I lost. So you know what? I don't know, guys. What time is it? It's 7.04. I say uh, we give uh, we give Jeremy a couple more minutes here to see if he can get his act together and, and get on to Drake Lee's level with you guys because, folks, it's going to be a fantastic interview and a fantastic interview with both Evan and Tony tonight, and I can't wait for that. But right now, I don't know. I'm tired of buying time. Are we ready for this national anthem? This is what we always have to do. We always have to dedicate this to our country, even though, yeah, we've had a little bit of a, a contentious couple of days. We're still in the greatest country of them all. Do we have the best national anthem of all time queued up? Oh, 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 say can you see and the rocket red flag? Uh oh, I'll make up for it now. For oh, the land of the free. There you have it. You know what? I I almost think that, you know, that sounds like Chris Rodell a little bit, if you ask me. Just saying. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is just going to be a fantastic night, folks. And, you know, I'm just getting word now from our information desk that uh, co-host of the year, still trying to get on. As we wait for Jeremy, though, let's talk about uh, let's talk about this. We were going to go on to some interesting news stories, but I want to go to Drake Lee's top five okay because it can't be a show with drake lee if we don't do our you know my top five because let's be honest my top five is better than everyone's top five like ever okay and what better way to welcome me to the show (laughs) than to do drake lee's top five reasons why i'm bringing the best ratings to wrestle talk ever and you know it's just it's just you know five simple reasons one, I am beautiful. It's it's you know it's a pretty you know obvious thing. I mean, people look at me and they go, "Whoa, whoa, that's just not fair." And I get it, you know. But you know, I, I it's hard to be like this too. You got to get up every day. You got to prepare yourself and make yourself look presentable. But that's number one reason I bring the ratings to the table. Number two is obviously my fashion sense. Nobody has the money that I have for clothes. That's just a fact. You know, people pay me to wear their clothes. It's true. Yeah, it's true, for real. I'm not lying to you guys. People literally pay me to put on their clothes. <laughs> I mean, whenever you have that going for you, the money just keeps flowing. You can keep buying more and more clothes and more watches and things like that, and then you get them shipped in for free, and then voila, you have a Drake Lee wardrobe. And there ain't nothing better than that. Number three, I mean, let's be honest, guys. I have the best personality of all time. Of all time. Seriously. Of all time. Tell me I'm wrong. Someone call in. Tell me how wrong I am. I want you to. Challenge me to this. I want you to challenge me to how this top five is wrong because it's not. I mean, you, you, you know it. 
Okay, I know some people out there, we're all a family, but some people out there think that Drake Lee is quote-unquote, I heard this the other day and it made me sick, obviously, the, the kind of the black sheep of the Russell Talk family. I heard that from so many people. That's so wrong. So wrong. I'm the, I mean, let's be honest. I'm the flagship of the show, guys. And I was doing this for you, and I know we're going to get, we're going to all start getting so much better along together, and it's just going to be great. But, you know, if you want to call in and disagree and argue and talk and counterpoint, by all means, hey, we got plenty of time because, uh, you know, my co-host got stuck in uh, phone traffic, it sounds like, because he can't seem to get through. But that's okay. So, let's see. Number four, I am the dream. Think about this. Everyone. Everyone, even all of you listening, we've all wanted a couple of things in life, to look good, to have money, to have women or love, lust too. <laughs> you know, lust is sometimes better than love or vice versa. You know, cars, I have it all, and, and I'm young. It's the dream, right? So you guys can, can witness that, and I'm so glad I get to bring that to the table. And number five, of course, how funny I am. I mean, you should hear Renee whenever he's not on the air. Always bragging about how funny I am, and it's true. I mean, I'm like the funniest guy. <laughs> it's really true, like the funniest guy I've ever met. And actually, I've been told that by like a lot of people. You know, you know, I know somebody that knew Chris Farley, and they say that I'm still so much funnier than he ever was. And that's just the truth. I mean, it really is the truth. <sighs> you know, you know what I'm realizing right now? We need to make this a top six. Why I bring ratings too? <laughs> because I show up, right? <laughs> oh, Jeremy, I love you, buddy. I hope you're you're staying safe out there and strong in that proverbial phone traffic world, and and we're ready for you to come home to the Russell Talk family, buddy. So just bear with us. I'm ready for you back. You know, so folks, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking. I think truthfully, this show as of now, until we have another co-host, should now be called The Drake Lee Show featuring Russell Talk. You know, I, I think so. What do you guys think? Call in. Call and argue with me. I, I'm really curious. You know, I, and I'm still waiting because we've got to get to our high spot segment, guys. Trust me. I didn't forget. I'm very prepared, very intelligent, very smart. But, you know, I just – I love arguing with Jeremy so much. You guys need to understand that. We just, you know, it's, it's hard sometimes. It really is hard. But here's what I'm thinking. So we talked about the five reasons why I'm going to bring so much to the Russell Talk family. But let's talk about something else that kind of bothered me today, okay? And you guys can all agree, okay? I know you're going to. You're going to get it immediately. So, do you know, I'm not a morning person. I get up really early in the morning, like 4 o'clock in the morning, and I go to bed sometimes like 1. And when I get up in the morning – I don't like to be bothered. I'm First of all, I have too much things going on to be bothered at any point in the day. And number two, it takes a lot to get ready in the morning. And number three, I just don't have time for it. I don't care. I don't want to care. Do not care. But guess who called me this morning? I don't know who it was, but I'm pretty sure it was either Renee Martinez or Chris Rodell or Skywalker Roberts. I promise you. I really do think so. I don't think it was Jeremy because, quite frankly, you know, Jeremy's just a nice guy. You know, it, I really do like Jeremy, even though I've been picking on him this entire time. He's kind of growing on me. He's understanding what it takes to be successful, and he's understanding why I'm just that 
speaking embodiment of success, right? But I, I think it's either Skywalker, Rodell, or Renee, because Joe's a nice guy too. And, you know, he's, <laughs> to be quite honest with you, he was my original favorite co-host. But moving on. And they call me. This person calls me. And they try to buy, oh, we hope you have, you have a good morning. I hope everything goes well. Who are you? I'd have a good morning if you quit calling me. It's like a telemarketer calling you. Have you ever had a telemarketer call you at like the worst time? Seriously. Do you know what it's like whenever you're sitting there at a casino and you just want a bunch of money because you, you made it back because you just spent a bunch of money to make a bunch of money back? You have a bunch of beautiful women around you, and bam, spam caller. Quit the damn spam calls. Find a better job. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. You know, and it's like people just don't understand. I'm just saying. So before we move on to high spots and we're going to start talking about everything and everything professional professional wrestling because that's what Wrestle Talk Podcast is all about, I just felt like this was a good time to make it the Drake Lee Show because, you know, not a lot of people really, you know, applaud my brilliance, okay? They just don't. So sometimes I have to do it myself, okay? And I get it. Some, some of you guys, you know, you're kind of standoffish towards me, and trust me, I understand. But whenever you start to realize how brilliant I am, and I know what's going to come soon, you'll thank me later. And you can start thanking me now, too, at any point in time, Drake Lee on Facebook and any social media handle. But let's talk about something really quick. Did you guys see, okay, we're going to kind of branch into our high spot segment because we just don't have my co-host. But did you guys see the Paul Bearer documentary on WWE Network? How freaking good was that? I mean, this it was what pretty WWE good, if you ask me. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hello, who's hello? Uh, oh, oh yeah, it's seven fifteen. Do you think people? Do you, do you know who I am? We don't. I don't introduce myself. I don't. I was sitting here ready to go, and I get all these texts, and they say that you just left me to die here. Well, you know, this is the way I was looking at it. I figured since you were paid more money than I was when we both signed That's on true. for this thing, I figured we'd do a little test and see how you could handle it for a little bit. But then I was like, no, you might you might just kind of back down a bit. So I had to jump in, you know, be the cavalry in the situation. So you're welcome, my friend. Do you know what we just did? We had the best part of WrestleTalk history, okay? We had the Drake Lee Appreciation Show. It was great. It went for about, you know, 12 minutes and the entire time. I just got word in the back that our phone lines went off the hook. So it was just a success. And now that you're here, where the, first of all, where the hell have you been? Number two, when the hell are we going to get this show started? Well, hell, number one, technology sucks. Number two, I'm ready to get this bad boy show going right now. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Jeremy Carp, give you a round of applause. All right, Jeremy, let's go into high spots. What do you think? I'm loving it. Let's keep going with what you were talking about, though, about the Paul Bear documentary. Are Are you sure? I'm sure because you know what, honestly, that that's just an amazing spot to start at because WWE is great when it comes to their documentaries, and Paul Bears is no different. 
Oh, well, I was just asking because you cut me off, so I figured you didn't want to hear any more about it when you, you know, initially, you know, ended that conversation. But that's okay. But no, I mean, you're right, Jeremy. How freaking great was that? I learned actually, I learned a lot. Normally, that doesn't happen, but I learned so much from that documentary, and it was so awesome to see everything they did to help him at the end, and you know, help him towards the later years. And once again, those documentaries are what WWE just does so much better than really a lot of other entertainment companies in the world, not even just wrestling. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, especially when they have a platform such as the WWE Network, I think it just gives them more free reign, more time, and more ability to produce longer documentaries of higher quality. Yeah, you're abs- you know what? You're absolutely right. See, we're already getting along. It, it's not so bad. I that's remember, what I'm I know, saying. I mean, I heard. Well, that's and, not what I heard. I, I heard you were telling Renee that you know you were you didn't want to do it. You hated me, and that's okay. You know, we'll get there. Well, this is the thing. First off, that is a total lie, and I, you know, it, Renee can kind of be that guy sometimes. He, his life gets boring if shit's not hitting the fan and things just get crazy. So you know, I got a lot of love for him, but he he thrives on that stuff. So, I will say this. I was going, I'm just going to say the intro I had for you because I think you, of all people, would like it. Well, thank you. See, for me, Drake Lee isn't just the voice of Dynamo Pro Wrestling. He is the voice of St. Louis Wrestling. And if we asked you, you would say you're the voice of all wrestling. Am I correct? Oh, that's very true. That's actually very beautiful. Chris Rodell and Luke Roberts. Well, see, I knew you'd like it. See, this is this is turning out to be a great parent, and I know our Russell Talk family is, is is saying the same thing. I mean, they really are. I mean, I've already seen some of the feedback. You know, I have a lot of people everywhere, technology and a lot of marketing stuff, so they can, you know, they tell me when people like things. I mean, we're we're doing good. So you know what, you know what, I'm I'm not going to say what the you know a lot of people have said, but you know what, you're a good guy, Jeremy. Don't you know? Don't don't let them don't let them get you down. Right, and and you know, I mean. Contrary to what others say about you, you know what? Your ego is not that bad because, quite frankly, you back up your talk. That's all there is to it. That's that's good. All right. Now, are we ready to move on? Some more, some more high spots, or are we gonna, you know, sit there and keep kissing each other all night? Oh no, we're gonna get to some high spots because there is a lot going on. And all right. honestly, one of them's going on right now, and it involves the AEW video game conference. Huh. They have conferences for video games? I mean, when you're trying to surpass WWE, you will do anything to try to reach that mark. They have been talking okay, hold on. Before you go any further, before you go any further, it doesn't take much with that with with the way WWE's made games lately. I mean, let's be honest. Those have been some monstrosity video games from what I've seen <laughs> from WWE. <laughs> uh yeah, but I tell you, this um, this AEW video game, it's actually going to be produced by Ukes, who, as many know, bailed on WWE during their whole 2K20 debacle, and that's one of the many reasons that game sucked so much. Just one of the reasons. There were many reasons. Rey Mysterio being caught in the middle of the ropes and glitching like crazy to another. Bottom line, AEW is partnered with Ukes, and they are going into detail, and we'll bring out more updates as time goes on about 
their video games and their future involving video games and other forms of media. But I want your opinion on just being able to have an AEW wrestling video game out there. Well, Jeremy, as you know, I know a thing or two about business. I mean, it's, 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 it's true. Make a lot of money. So I, I think from a business standpoint, this is a really good idea because, number one, WWE's video games for the last couple of years have been literally lower than pawn scum on the, 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 you know, the scale of playability. I have seen – I literally – Jeremy, I spent my morning one day – don't have a lot of time, but I spent my morning one day watching the glitches and malfunctions in the WWE games. Okay, so if they have one area that they could really beat them in right now, it's that one. Because that's something WWE really doesn't do well at. They they haven't lately. So if AEW can get the right people behind it, the right team, I see that from what I saw from it, they have a, a group of things going on. So they have um, a GM role and things like that. And, and I, that's what they need. So if they want to achieve prosperity, this is the way to do it, for, in my opinion, from a you know business expert standpoint. And that way they can kind of streamline themselves into a mainstream marketing competition with WWE as well for merchandise because the video game stuff takes all that other stuff to a new level also. Absolutely. And lately, because their console video games have either been trash or repetitive trash, WWE has focused a lot more on mobile games, um, like WWE Battlegrounds and, and whatnot, and they seem to be putting a lot of their effort into more games that you can just play on your phone, on the go, and things of that nature, as opposed to something on the Xbox or on the PlayStation. And honestly, I think this is the perfect chance for AEW to start coming out with video games, whether it just be one for the next few years or whatnot. I think this is the right time as well because they're constantly beating NXT in the ratings. They are the prominent uh, second promotion to WWE. They're not. They're not. Up, they're not yet there yet. They're getting there. But bottom line, this is a good start for them when it comes to branching out into other mediums. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right. So. You took the words right out of my mouth, actually, because one thing I was going to say is WWE's apps are really cool, like their mobile games, so I don't take that away from them. So, look, WWE, all the trash I talk on you, you get kind of an endorsement from me, so that's cool, but you're right. I mean, it's, it's just simple as that. AEW is finding a different way to market themselves, and it's more of a, a, moderate, you know, a modern uh, way of marketing, and it's a great way to you know, secure their demographic that they've already been dominating in. So, yeah, it's a good thing. It really is a good thing. What else you got, Jeremy? Well, let's see. There's so much going on in this world. Here's something. Now, you know it's been historic, honestly, in WWE that the big show has been turned from heel to face constantly. Is that correct? You know, I, I, I don't I don't want to answer all the way because you know how they are to me, you know, Jeremy. They say, if I say something, they you know they're oh he said this, Drake said this, and then they kind of you know lambast me. So I, I'm gonna hold off and let you finish. You know, what do you think? Okay, I'll I'll, I'll finish the point then. No no biggie. So yeah, no, you're, you're what right. I'm getting at is that Braun Strowman recently became a heel during his feud with the Fiend Bray Wyatt. Well, it has just come out that heading into Survivor Series. Vince McMahon, the mad genius himself, has decided to do a switcheroo and make Braun Strowman one of the faces on the team. 
whether – with no reason given, but then again, who is he to truly give explanations to his decision-making? He's just, you know, the man at the top. He kind of just does what he wants when he wants, you know, bathed us in all that money, and there we go. So what are your thoughts on Braun Strowman being a babyface in the world of wrestling? So let's be honest, Jeremy. Braun Strowman's like a big guy. Pretty big dude. Here's my question for you. Would you like Braun Strowman as a babyface or a heel, or would you like Braun Strowman literally just to beat the hell out of anything that walks in his path and just destroy people? Because that's where I'm at with him. Why don't we just have this guy go out and beat the hell out of people and beat beat the piss out of them? No one's going to question that, okay? Because let's be honest, you and I, teamed up with, with, hell, probably everyone on a WrestleTalk team against Braun Strowman, it'll be close. So let's, oh, yeah. let's have him go out there and just start beating the hell out of people and let him be the monster the guy is. Cause that, because I don't know. I don't think you can, you know, that's just, that's God's gift of a body right there. And that, you know, yeah, compliments, for me, compliments for me don't come very often, right? That's true. That is definitely true. So when somebody gets a compliment from you, they damn sure better enjoy every moment of it. And That's right. You're, quite you're frankly, welcome, Ron. <laughs> yeah. And you know, remember when after the Wyatt family broke up, Braun Strowman was portrayed as this unstoppable monster. I mean, he was beating up three, four guys at a time per match every single week, and then the momentum slowed down, but he was still considered a formidable opponent. What happens when you start to change someone's character traits back and forth too constantly is it lessens their value as a dominant force. People don't take the Big Show as seriously anymore just because of the fact that They don't know whether he's going to be a good guy or a bad guy, how he's going to act each given week. That's just my opinion, of course. Personally, though, Braun Strowman's still at a point where he can still be that dominant monster that you and I and so many others in the community love. But Vince McMahon is treading on water that he's treaded on too many times before. There's something about him and Big men. I don't know what it is when it comes to him and gigantic monsters among men, but Braun Strowman is a freak of an athlete, and I just don't want him to be relegated to mid-card status. That's just how I look at it. So are, are you are you saying, Jeremy, that he's kind of turned into the big show? I'm saying that this is where you worry that he could transition into the big show. Fair enough. I could see that, you know, that that makes sense. You know, I, I would have worded it a little bit differently, but, you, you know, I think I'd give it a nine. Shoot, hey, anything, hey, nine out of ten, hey, you know, from you, I'll I'll settle for that for now. I'm going to get a All ten right. out of you yet, though. You you will. Well, so what you, you got for a high spot, my friend? Well, I've had a cut. Well, if you were on earlier, you would have heard one of them, you know. You know, that's, you know, well, that you know, we're about the Paul Bearer one, but, you know, you kind of just, you know, threw yourself in there. But, you know, you know, let's talk about this, though. Did you watch Full Gear? Yeah, I did watch Full you Gear. Did? That was very well written, very well done. How, how'd you watch it? 
Like on your computer, TV? What what, what was your gimmick set up there? I watched it on my TV. So did, did I don't know if Renee told you this, but in my wine cellar, I have like 14 TVs like on top of each other. And I made them all play one giant picture of the pay-per-view. So we were looking at well over mm-hmm. 100 feet of screen. And it was just phenomenal. Cool. But do you know who I saw on that screen? Who did you see on that screen? Gangrel and Hurricane Helms. Please tell me you, you you didn't miss it. I did not miss it. I didn't have it on what? 14 TVs like you, but then again, I don't get paid the money you do, unfortunately. Not all of us can live the way Drake Lee lives. And you know what, Jeremy? You just brought up a good point. That's why I do what I do to show everyone what it's like to have this money because people call me rude. I'm just showing them what it's like to be you know, be like me, and that's that, – that's why I just feel like there's such a disconnect sometimes. But let, let's just ask you right now, Jeremy. What do you think? Is Hurricane Helms going to be a producer ending up eventually in AEW like he was in WWE? And is Gangrel, because you know Gangrel is a wrestling school, is he going to start you know, working with more and more AEW talent or future talent in the, future, in, you know, in the next you know, couple of years? I think Gangrel is definitely going to be more of the on-screen character, especially since he has such he has shown such charisma and awesome just appearances like i mean we all know him from the brood in the wwf but just i feel like he's definitely going to be the more on-screen type character especially with the type of heel that sammy guevara is it would be a pretty good fit in my opinion it helps add some more depth to the character of guevara but And I also think that Hurricane Helms will be more of a backstage-type guy. You know, you see a lot of these guys that have had a lot of wrestling experience start to transition to the backstage roles for AEW. So they've done a good job out in all elite wrestling with surrounding themselves with a lot of veteran talent, both on the screen and behind the screen, to really help the product elevate. Damn, who wrote your speech today? Uh, that, was that was beautiful. I, I'm giving you, I, I'm, I'm giving you props here. Good job. You said Luke sent that to you. Well, thank you. Huh. Well, you know that's pretty good. But did you see though, real quick before, because we're about ten minutes away from our Tony Danucci interview. Did you see that Cody Rhodes is thinking about running for Georgia Senate? That just, I mean, that stunned me, especially considering. How oh, much yeah. craziness is going on in the Georgia Senate already? <laughs> hey, that's great though. Could you imagine Cody Rhodes whenever there's a tight race just going in there and you know giving people the crossroads and stuff? That'd be that'd be pretty <laughs> cool, like a disaster kick to someone that's cheating votes. Oh, a disaster kick to Luke Gingrich would definitely be something I would look forward to seeing. Not going to lie. <laughs> well. <laughs> Well, as we get our team of lawyers together, because Newt Gendricks is on the phone, um, and by the way, I had nothing to, nothing to do with that. You know, I have to throw that disclaimer out because I do have a big legal team, Jeremy. But you know, I I, I kind of feel this. You know, Cody Rhodes. Look what. <laughs> okay, let's be serious real quick. Jeremy, can you promise me you'll be serious? I promise I will be serious. All right, Russell talks. I'm promising you, Drake Lee and Jeremy Carver being serious right now. Jeremy, I have a serious question. I'm going to answer it. Okay, good. Do you think at any point in time, 
Cody Rhodes will develop the crazy ass conspiracy theories that someone like you know Jesse Ventura did after he got into politics. What what do you think? Is that like a wrestling thing? Is that just a crazy old man thing? What what do you think? Oh man. <laughs> By the way, by the way, folks, Jesse Ventura is a really great, you know, talent. No one's taken that away. But some of his views, you know, some of you might agree with them. I, you know, some of them I could see, but you know, some of them are kind of out there. So, Jeremy, I'm just asking you: Do you see Cody Rhodes having some of those far out viewpoints on situations? You know what? I do kind of look back to what you said about is it a wrestler a wrestler thing? I don't know what it is, but I feel like wrestlers ha- that go to political office or some way, wrestlers, celebrities, anything, they just tend to have some really unique views you won't hear from your everyday politician. And I don't know. As much as I'd be intrigued to see Cody to actually take a crack at the Senate in Georgia – I don't know. I don't know how all that would unfold, how it all would end up, but um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? Do you think it's a wrestler thing, or do you think – what's your thoughts on no. it, I don't know. So, you know, I, I know a lot of people in, in politics, like a lot. I do like – you know, sometimes, you know, you got to slip some people some money just because, you know, you keep them in business. We all, we all know how politics work. But, you know, here's my thing. I feel like Cody's being obvious with this one, okay? It's simple. simply put. Ready, Jeremy? WWE, WWE, or at this point in time, has beaten you know AEW and pretty much everything. They've been the first to the punch. I mean, even they're the first ones to have a WWE Hall of Famer in the White House. We keep forgetting that one, you know. So maybe Cody's trying to trying to even score up, you know, become an AEW Hall of Famer, you know, and tie the WWE with Hall of Famers in the Oval Office. That that can make perfect sense, right? It could, yeah. I know, I know. That's why I said it. I mean, Jeremy, I don't even. I, I kind of don't even want to respond because I know you usually like to have the last word in these types of situations and really emphasize the point that you, Drake Lee, make. Well, no, that's why I, I'm not done yet. I was gonna let you, you know, kind of, kind of, kind of, you know, add on to it if you wanted to. I'm being nice. Renee sent me an extra, extra little bit of pay today and said, "Please be nice. I'm begging you. Here's some extra money." So I'm abiding by my contract. You know, so I just I, I figured, you know, it'd be best for the you know, best it'd be best for business. Well, you know, that totally will explain why they didn't have enough money to give my side of the bargain a decent technology transfer. Yeah, that makes sense. But that's everything good everything good for second. What was that? Hello? Hello? It was on her Jeremy. Are you prank calling me? Are you prank calling? Is this Rodell? No. Who the hell what? Hold on. Here, come here. You go scan that call because I want to know who just called the hell into the show. If it was Rodell, I'm telling you, we're sending lawyers. Sorry, I just told that to one of my whoa, guys. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why would Rodell prank call? Actually, I take that back. Rodell would definitely prank call this show. He would prank call me, and I just no. I just told my I have my one of my assistants here. His name's Jerry. Jerry has been with me for uh, six months now, so he's going to be contacting the uh, my IT guys, and we're going to find out who called into the show. We aren't going to have that, but you know, hey, real quick, Jeremy, 
before we have our uh, interview with Tony Benucci, how excited are you for this interview, by the way? I mean, your your first one on the WrestleTalk program. I mean, this one is going to be great. I'm excited. I mean, this guy has had so much experience in the world of wrestling. He's seen some of the greatest wrestlers of all time, worked in so many promotions. Honestly, this is an interview that both you and I are fortunate to have. Oh, yeah. I mean, did you know, I mean, before we're going to get into, you know, all this stuff in a second, guys, but I mean, just to, you know, start it off, just to, you know, to kind of put some ideas into, you know, our listeners' heads. Tony Danucci, he was trained by, you know, wrestler, you know, wrestler, you know, he's a Vern Gagne. He was a huge, important, huge star in AWA. I mean, he trained Tony Danucci. He did. I mean, what what do you think about that? I mean, just to hear that name to me is like, wow, that's 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 already, you know, putting, putting you know yourself in a category above like everyone else in the wrestling business. So, what do you think about that before we bring Tony on? Well, this is the thing, like, just hearing the name Vern Gagne, like, oh man, that that his name in of itself is just so much wrestling history. So, Tony Danucci brings with him. So much wrestling history. And then when we get to talk to him and t- he tells us some of his stories, some of the wrestlers he's faced, some of the places he's been, uh, folks, you all are going to love this. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading some of the notes right now that I have on my screen. I'm not going to go through them. But I mean, just looking at some of these names, just incredible. I mean, it really is, Jeremy. So I- I'm pretty excited. You know, I feel like, you know, for, for finally – Somebody that has, you know, who's who's up to who's higher than Drake Lee is. I'm even gonna say it. He's higher than me on the totem pole here. But I'm kind of glad to have this. It's gonna challenge me, right, Jeremy? We're grabbing the brass ring. Absolutely. Definitely gonna challenge you. Wait, wait, hang on a second. I just realized. Mark it down, folks. 7:38 on November 10th, 2020. Drake Lee put somebody above himself on the totem pole. Holy crap. That now you know this is a special program, folks. Exactly. See Jeremy, we're gonna get along. We're gonna get along. Don't yeah. listen to all the you know, don't listen to Roberts, don't listen to Renee, don't listen to Joe, it don't listen to JP. I don't believe what they're saying. Okay. You know it, it's it's not true. We're just we're we're a good team. We are. We are a dynamic duo. Which is ironic because you're from Dynamo Pro. Works out pretty well. Yeah, yeah, you know that that um, Jeremy. So I didn't tell you this. Um, so right. that you know you signed a contract with with Renee and Joe, right? Right. Um, any stupid jokes like that? I hate to tell you, um, we have to find you. So uh, you know that uh, it goes to my contract because that's pain and suffering. But you know it's it's okay, so I only charge you half this time. But you know, just just keep that for future reference. Okay, I'll keep it on. Uh, keep it for future reference. Um, that's it. That that's it. Yeah, I mean, I, my office right now is getting flooded with calls and messages from all my sponsors. For those that don't know. It is Interstate 70 Sports Media. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter and online at interstate70sports.media. Yes, I just plugged 
my company in the middle of Drake Lee's sad, somber moment of his contract. But that, my friends, is how we roll. So, Jeremy, did did you did you just plug your own? Did did you did you just do that? Did you just pull a, a, a proverbial Chris Rodell? One time, one well, time. I had to get it in. Well, you know I what? Let's talk about the in. people. What can can we talk about the people? Some other people here that are really important. I mean, they pay my contract. Oh, of course. You, in but fact, it, why don't you bring up the most prominent people that bring up that pay your contract? Yeah, because they pay for wrestle talk. You know, this is great. Did you? We've talked about it. You've heard it before. Kincaid, right, Jeremy? Absolutely. Really, really amazing store. And uh, it, it, you know, it's at the Oak Park Mall. We have to bring that up real quick because, folks, I, you know, we we got to get paid here. Okay. And then the esports bar out of Kansas City, and the W, the FWWC, which is fantasy, the fantasy wrestling, which. You know, it's it's kind of it's fun to listen to it. They don't like me too much, from what I've seen. They kind of they kind of all turn on me, but uh, you know, that's okay. Well, you know, I think that I think that Renee had I I think that the night owl had something to uh to do with it. You know, but that's okay. And uh, and maybe nightmare jump. I I don't know. What do you think, Jeremy? What what's the disconnect here? Well, I, I'm trying to piece it together. Like I'm writing it. I'm writing it all out, and I'm thinking to myself. Is it that they don't get you or they don't like you? Because they're two different things. Maybe they just don't get you. And that's on them. That's not on you. You all got – people got to realize if they don't get you, that is not on you. Well, well I know that because, trust me, I, I lose no sleep at night thinking about because let's be honest. Who do you think – I'm? who do you think's the only person I think for or think about? Myself. Well – Myself. I was gonna say yeah, I don't give I mean, a damn there was about a what few anyone said. came to mind, but then I'm like, not a chance. I mean, Jeremy, come on. I go out there sometimes, and my clothing is worth more than their houses and their cars were that they took to get to the show. So, I mean, I, I don't lose sleep. You know, can I tell you this, Jeremy? This is a true yes. story. Yes, you may. Okay, so I'm getting new jackets made. So, you know, as you know, you've seen one of them. It's like five thousand dollars. It's a really expensive jacket, but it's the one that was made by Elvis's costume uh, designers. Remember that one, the blue one? I do. Beautiful. Yeah. Who doesn't, right? No one forgets it. But so I'm there. I'm at my. I'm at my one of my local tailors this time, getting new jackets made, and I'm getting, you know, I'm getting sized, and and they're doing all the measurements. And by the way, folks, should have one out soon before IWAP in Mount Vernon at the end of the month, but. Nonetheless, so I'm sitting there, I'm getting measured, and this girl's measuring me, and all of a sudden, you know, it's it's a it's a small business, so the girlfriend's running it with the boyfriend, right? Right. This is the problems I run into, Jeremy. I get I get measured, and all of a sudden, you know, okay, thank you. Here's what I want. I give him my credit card, ten grand, pop, you know, bam, done. And then all of a sudden, you know, she she hands me a business card, and it has her cell phone number on. It. And I'm going, now, I wouldn't need this because I just got to call your business, right, for my jacket. And she goes, honey, this is for some other business. But that's what—that's the problem I go in, I run into all the time, Jeremy. I mean, it's hard. It's hard. And people don't realize how hard it is. And I don't think the FWWC realizes how hard it is to be me. Yeah, uh, and, you know, 
That's why I tried to just let Nightmare Jones take care of the FWWC because, A, they don't understand your problems. They sure as hell wouldn't understand my problems. And that's why I just let Nightmare take care of it. I let Nightmare take care of it, and then on the chance that that doesn't work, we got the Night Owl to handle it. But us, we got more important things to worry about than... Well, no, no, I'm not saying... I mean, I have a huge security team. But I'm just saying, you know, sometimes people don't realize it. Jeremy, let's talk about this real quick. Evan Ginsberg, he's going to be on at 8.15 as we're still waiting for Tony DiNucci. What do you think about Mr. Ginsberg? Because I'm just making sure you know this, Jeremy. I do know that there's a coup going on with me losing the game show challenge the last time I was on. Okay. There was no coup, okay? You so just I'm didn't just asking. Okay, fair enough. I'm just asking for a fair and unbiased trivia show challenge because I'm not considering that last one a loss. I just won't. I have we're still doing investigations into where the communication came from to how you knew the answers before me. So just know that. Okay. But so I'm undefeated. And I'm going to be taking on Evan Ginsburg tonight with you hosting the game show challenge. Now this is this is scary to me because this is going to determine how our partnership works out from this point on. Okay. I'm just saying we have people looking at who's getting messages first, so just be careful. Okay, I don't want any cheating. Starting to sound like some of my friends when it comes to fantasy football. Trust me, Drake. You're going to do great. It's going to be fair. There's not going to be any bias towards Evan, nor will there be any bias towards you. It's just going to be questions. And may the best man win. Which I know is the point where you say, I know I will. I get that. You keep that confidence. And your undefeated streak in your Hold head. No, 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 no. Uh, wrong. You are not going to take words from Drake Lee's mouth. Did you just try to take words from my mouth? Did you really just try to steal my verbiage? I was trying to save your breath. I just wanted you to save oh. your voice because it's an important thing. But especially when we have Tony on and when we have Evan on, that your voice is saved. I'm looking out for you. I, I know I have a contract. I'm trying to be nice. Okay, Jeremy, you're right. You're right. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's so what let matters. me quiz you. Let me quiz you real quick. Okay. Okay. Did you know? Okay, I'm just going to ask you. Did did what was Evan Ginsberg an actor of? What was Evan Ginsberg an actor of? I mean, he was in the wrestler. He was an associate producer on the wrestler, and starring Mickey Rourke. And let me tell you something. I'm just gonna be honest. There is hardly any awards out there. But Evan Ginsburg has not won. Would you agree? I heard some typing on your computer, so I'm not going to say that you won the quiz. But uh, it, you're right. 
okay, you're right. I did hear you search for the answer. I did hear you type it into your computer, so I think the WrestleTalk audience is going to have to be the one that forgives you. Um, but, uh, you know, it's okay. We're going to move on, though, to another question because I think I'm going to stump you. I think we're going to. I think this is the day. What do you think? Are, are, do you think that you're uh, you're going to hang in there, or what, what? What? What's going on? It's going to be a challenge when it comes to against you, but I'm ready for as best as I can. What you got for me? All right. This person has competed against wrestlers such as Bill Dundee, which incredible, incredible talent there, Jeff Jarrett and Jerry the King Waller. Who do you think that would be? And there's no way in hell you're going to get this one. Oh, that has to be Tony Danucci, of course. Do you like pissing on dreams? (laughs) I mean, what can I say? Except I got that one right, too. You know what? Yeah, you did get it right, and that's fine. That's fine. But you know what you don't have? A line Are we done? I did not call for that one. I'm not going to lie. I did not call for that no, one. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll sit back. You know, by all means, I, you know, who am I? You know what? All right. Hit one more applause for me. I've earned it. It's been a crazy day. A little, a little appreciation goes a long way in the life of Jeremy Carp. Did Drake Lee... I don't know. I can't speak for you. Oh my God. <sighs> Compose. Compose. Okay. I'll give you those two. So I've given you three. Okay. Drake Lee doesn't do that normally because I want to be a team and I want you to embrace my brilliance. And I think JP understands how brilliant. I am also, and I think he has something to play for me, too. Right, JP? I mean, come on. How brilliant am I? Play, play it for the people. <laughs> Did it really have to be auto-tuned? Holy mackerel. Do you see what happens? Do you see what happens, Jeremy? No one – it's hard. It's hard. Jeremy, but I'm glad you're seeing where I'm coming from. You know, you oh, and I are going to take this to the next. You're right. We're going to take this to the next level, and because you understand, unlike anyone else, more so than Skywalker Roberts, more so than Nightmare Jones and the Night Owl himself, you get how brilliant of a person I am, and you know how much it takes to be this way. You know, God just didn't give me this, even though people think so. But, you know, he did give me a lot of things, like beauty and things, you know, that people don't have. But, but you know, this is what I'm talking about. And the people of Russell Talk, they're, they're seeing it. I mean, you should see the – did you see the numbers? Did you see I Blog did. Talk? Did you see the – I mean, just remarkable. So for our first day, we couldn't get the Facebook Live going because actually the studio room where we're going to – I'm going to be filming my portion of the Russell Talk show is actually nearing the end of the construction. We're getting a fireplace put on the wall today or tomorrow. So that's that's pretty cool, right? It's going to have like blue and different things like that. And then, you know, 
we're going to have some different stuff, like some camera features along the way, like the Drake Lee bird's eye view cam, where you can see the top of me, you can see the side, you can see every angle of me. That's what they want, right? Yeah. I mean, of course. Not- what you think? Shit. You know what? It's okay. I walked right into on, that one. I walked right into that one. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Damn. You know, it's okay. It's okay. I'm just glad that, you know, you can see what it's like to be me for a couple of seconds. I mean, even though you don't have, like, the expensive clothes yet. But that's cool. We're getting there. I'm going to build you to a millionaire status. I'm glad you could go through suffering that I got, I go through every day. Okay. Jeremy, here's what I got to ask you. Okay. You are in a room with three of the most deadly and hateful people in the world in history. Okay. You have one wrestling move to use. What are you going to use to take out all three? One move to take out all three. Hmm. That is a tricky one. Let's see. I don't know. I don't know if I have one, Drake. I mean, best thing I could do is just uh, do an RKO out of nowhere and hope for the best. Wrong. You don't use a wrestling move. You grab a weapon and you hit him in the knee with a baseball bat. Okay? I'm going to start giving you these tips along the way. I wanted to okay. wait, but I feel like this is the best thing to do. But you, you know what I'm saying? Why use a wrestling move? I mean, the only person that's going to see if it's a you know if it's a legal rule or not is the referee. And let's be honest, so, referees, you know, what, you know how I feel about referees. Okay. Yeah, it I'm not going to lie. You have had some bad luck with some referees, and I that I, I just sympathize with you on. I've had a lot of bad luck. I mean, I get. I can't tell you how many times I got, you know, screwed out of wins, but, you know, I made up for it a couple of months ago, picking up a win in IWP, IWAP. But you know what, Jeremy, this is what happens, you know. So if you're a referee, that's the only person that cares. But if you're not, if you're not a referee, take a damn bat and hit the guy. Why does, that, why does it matter? Do you know what matters, Jeremy? What matters? Do you know what matters, WrestleTalk family? Wait and give them a second to, to think about it. What well, matters is winning. That's right. What matters is winning. What matters is money. What matters is success. So that's why we don't care about the rules. Rules are there to keep people held back. Right, Jeremy? So right. we just established that cheating is the best way to go in the wrestling business when it comes to a match. True. Glad we could you know, go on that path together. I mean, I look forward to it. I mean, and these tips in general, they aren't just tips for a wrestler. They're tips for life. That right there. Yeah. Right there is It's something, you know, people pay thousands of dollars for the information that I give people. You know, I mean, people pay thousands of dollars, but not for me. If you're in listening to the WrestleTalk podcast – with Drake Lee and Jeremy Carp. Doesn't that just sound so much better? Uh, exactly. You know, we, 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 we got to get – what? Oh, I'm just agreeing with you on that one. Oh, okay. I, you know, yeah, you're right. 
but we need a nickname for you, Jeremy. So I'm, you know, people do call me the thoroughbred of lust. And along with like a bunch of other really cool names, but we need a name for you. Like, like the such and the, the smartest guy, something. We need something that's Jeremy, you know? I'm even getting yeah. so into it, I'm putting on my Vince voice where we got to think. I'm even so, putting on my glasses, and I have no reason to put them on, but it's just like my thinking cap type thing. Hmm. Huh. We'll, we'll think of something. We'll, we'll hold on. Something. I, here's, what, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask our audience. This is Drake Lee asking the Wrestle – for the first time ever, by the way, guys. I'm asking the Wrestle Talk family for a favor from Drake Lee personally. And I'll even acknowledge that if someone does it, I will acknowledge them on the next show that I do when I host. Okay? Send us some de- send us some ideas. Send Jeremy some ideas to use because come on now. We all know that Jeremy is your guys' favorite when it comes to him and I. I don't know why. I still don't. No one does. And I'm not taking anything away from you, Jeremy. I'm starting to get along with you. But, you know, I just I, – me personally, I don't understand, but that's okay. So since you guys like Jeremy so much, send us some ideas to our WrestleTalk social media accounts on Facebook. Message us, and we're going to talk about them in the next show. What do you think, Jeremy? That's fun. It'll be fun. I mean, and, and I think I know why people like me more. And it's definitely – it's not even going to be a knock against you because – I think it's just a relatable type thing. People just relate to me more than they relate to you. It's not easy to have a whole lot of people out there with a wine cellar with 14 screens, a massive mansion, a high-quality team of lawyers. I mean, you're just on your own pedestal. And to me, if if you want to uh, have a name, shoot, might as well call me the common man. I just got a message. What's the message? Um, so, I. I'm receiving word we have a comment from someone who's suggesting that your nickname should be Jeremy Better Than Drake Park. So, I'm just going to. I'm Jeremy. I know you're my co host. I know you're my co host. But I'm just going to say that nickname was, quote, unquote, the stupidest nickname of all time. So let's think, you know, I like the common man better, but what, come on, guys. Better than Drake Carp. That's just a silly nickname, right? Come on, Jeremy. Come on. I wasn't going to go with that one. I'm I'm keeping this professional. I'm letting professional. I'm letting them say it. I'm letting them say what they want. You know their opinion, whether it be right, right or wrong, it's their opinion. But we just got another message that said you approved of this. You actually were in. Were you talking to these people before they sent it in? I was not. <sighs> Jeremy, 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 Jeremy. Ah, <sighs> we were going so good for a while, Jeremy. Now I'm fed up. I'm just kidding, Jeremy. I forgive you. <laughs> We're heading into eight o'clock, so let's. You know, what, what do you think we got to do now, Jeremy? I'm gonna I'm gonna put this in your hands. Drake Lee is taking the proverbial brass ring and putting it in your hands. 
you know what? I think before we head into a break, I think this is a point where we should just shoot and shout. Okay, here we go. Take it away, Jeremy Carp. Oh, no, no. This this is how we're going to do it. Since I'll take care of this, I want you to do it because when technical difficulties prevented me from gracing people with the presence the first few minutes of the show, you stepped up, and I am very proud of you, and I'm greatly appreciative of you. So, Drake, I want you to take care of yours first. Okay. So my shoot and shout is a little different today, guys. And no, I know people are already sending in to the text, you know, my text line. You know, I have my own, sound, you know, my own corporation, Jeremy. So we have like text lines and stuff. But it will, I'm a, oh, yeah. we're going to announce that stuff in the next couple of weeks publicly. But, I, you know, people, people keep thinking I'm going to tear you a new one for being late to not only your first show, but your first show that also has Drake Lee as a co-host. But I'm not going to do it. You know, what do you think? Is that okay. nice? I appreciate that, especially since right. it was not on my circumstances. <laughs> okay. So shoot and shout. This is not completely related to wrestling, but this is something that I just have to say. Okay. And we all need to say it. We need to start sticking up for this. If you are in the gas station, okay, you're in the gas station, and you see that there is a line of four people who are just getting gas, okay, and you take out that clear-ass plastic bag full of 8,000 lottery tickets that have never won, and you're going to tell me you're going to scan those son of, a, son of a gun right in front of my assistant as I'm sitting in my car waiting to go to a meeting? Who the hell do you think you are? Jeremy, do they know that people have things to do? Not everyone has 45 goddamn minutes to sit there while they scan lottery tickets. I, let's be honest. I get at the lottery 85 times. Everything could happen. Hell, we could have 18 WWE Hall of Famers in the White House before they're going to hit the damn thing. But no, my assistant has got to stick there and sit there, and they got fired. I fired somebody over this. I'm just letting you, letting you say it, man. Letting you get it off your chest. I know this is really striking a chord with you. It is. It is. It just it, it bothers me because think about this. The same people, okay? What are you doing over there? I hear, I hear, I hear like, is someone breaking in? I don't know. I wouldn't let that happen. Oh, I, I, I was hearing a microphone crack, and I was giving you a hard time because we're getting to the meat of this. We're getting to the taters and meat here. Okay, Jimmy or Jeremy? Jimmy. Jeremy, are you okay? Ready for the meat and potatoes? I'm ready. Okay. Think of this. By the time... 
that 90-year-old old lady who shouldn't be driving anyway. I'm sorry. Grandma might like to drive. It might make her feel free. But if she's a danger to herself and society, she should stay the hell home. But grandma getting those tickets scanned and finally winning, that's about the same likely chance as, hell, I don't know. Cody's dog winning the AEW World Championship, or even you know AEW like actually beating SmackDown in ratings. Ooh, but you know who? Ouch! What do you got? Ooh, you know, it's a tough one. There are so many things that have been infuriating me lately, and I think one of them, quite frankly. And this may not be as, how called it, as the gas station one. You know, I mean, that one, I get it. You know, the stuff with the lottery tickets, I totally get it. Here's one. Tis the season, right, Drake? Tis the season for... Me to be rich. For, well, shit, yeah. You to be rich. But, okay, well, to be fair, that's almost every season. Anyway. You know... I walked into a Best Buy today, been trying to go over some things I do need for the holiday. As you can tell, considering the technical difficulties I've already dealt with, a new laptop and probably a new phone wouldn't be two bad things to invest in. That said, I will admit, they were very vague on their sales, very vague on their deals. They, I come in there, and they tell me, hey, you might be able to get a deal today. You might be able to have a sale since it's early because of, you know, the coronavirus. Black Friday is going to probably be a little different than in past years where everybody's, you know, practically running each other over getting into the stores. That said, I was looking at a laptop. It was a very nice laptop. I was very much thinking of getting it. Right as I was thinking of getting it, the guy takes the sale price off and it goes back up almost $200 more than what I was thinking of paying for it. Now, what kind of bullshit is that? I mean, come on, Drake. And I know you are rich. You've got the money to afford probably a dozen of those laptops. That said, I mean, times are tough as it is, especially for the common people, the people who struggle in the middle class and the lower class, and you're just going to yank away prices and raise them back up again? I mean, come on, Dre. Even you got to admit that's kind of harsh. Well, to be fair, before I before I you know react to your comment because I get it in a way. I I had kind of a hard year too. My company, okay. We first of all, our company, my company started taking hits, you know, financially because of the COVID nineteen stuff. And then all of a sudden, okay, do you know how hard it was to watch the damn stock market? I got a team of people doing that. People, I only have one financial advisor. I have a team of advisors. Do you know how hard it was for them to do that? Do you know how much money I could have made if this was a better year? Much more money? But I get it. I get it. Because even though I could pay for like 8,000 of those computers, it doesn't matter. Because that's like me going up and getting into the penthouse of the Caesar Palace in Las Vegas. And that's like them telling me, well, Mr. Lee, you've got to pay for this room. And I look at them and I go, 
I got to pay for this room. Look who you have in this room. So it's being paid for by itself. You know, so I get it. I mean, that's frustrating. I get yeah, it, Jeremy. It I really is. do. And and that's why, I mean, thankfully, and we don't know exactly when's the next show we're going to host. It's going to be pretty damn soon because, I mean, based on what you've been telling me, ratings have been through the roof, and I know. I'm sure a lot of it's thanks to you, but I'm not going to lie. The demographics definitely changed when I came in. A lot more uh, people started to tune in. I get that, and it's okay. But you have been an amazing co-host so far. And to be fair, there is still plenty of show left to go. And, you know, I believe our gripes are legitimate. That's my opinion. You know, I, I think so. I think we're right. But you know what? Guess what we have coming up? We've already talked about it once, but we have Evan Ginsberg coming up, guys, in the next half of the show. And this is going to be a really cool interview. I'm really excited to talk with him about things pertaining to the wrestler in 350 days. Oh, okay. 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 Um, I just got a message from our board. Um, to anyone using the name to call – anyone trying to identify me? As quote unquote Snake Lee, I will be suing you immediately. I mean, how fair is that? I'm giving him a warning. Snake Lee, and then, oh, okay. And now they're just talking about how much better you are than me. No, that's okay. It's okay. They're scared of success. That's all it is. But we have Evan Ginsburg coming up. And let's just be honest, guys. This is going to be, to me, one of the best interviews we have of all, of you know the entire year. I really am excited to see what he has to say, Jeremy. I know you're excited to see what he has to say. Since I was here on time and started the show, I'm going to let you take us into the break. All right. That sounds like a plan. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, wrestling fans of all ages, stay tuned because the Wrestle Talk podcast will be right back. Yo, shine on the track, boy. But don't you touch my chips and cheese because it's nachos And now I got lettuce, so I got tacos So now I got more greens than a side nose So I got your top chick, yeah, I mean your top chick Got her legs in the air, like she missed the drop kick I'll even eat an Asian broad, so I need some chopsticks Everybody gon' say it's rockin' when I drop this <laughs> Oh, I'm riding with like four bitches And then I leave the club and probably have more bitches And I don't play a sport, but guarantee the score digits And then I reel them in, <laughs> that's more bitches I love Mary Jane, just call me Spider-Man And then we gon' twist it all, I need the lighter man Hit it with me, y'all, you can watch me do it They all hitting my phone and I say I'm fucking cool and come out I'm just coolin' with my gang, man Plenty of the Mary Jane, take it to the brain, dang Ask me tomorrow, tell you the same thing If you ain't with us, that's a damn shame Yeah 
They just ask me what I'm doing. What I'm doing, what I'm doing. So I tell them that I'm cooling. That I'm cooling, that I'm cooling. Yeah, they ask me what I'm doing. Yeah, what's good in y'all? I'm doing so I tell them that I'm cooling Henny that I'm sipping in the blunt that I'm pulling old, old school caddy that's a whip that I pull in Ballet park you ain't even gotta pull in And I'm chilling at the club My niggas just flex in the paper like a limo Cause that shit is on stress Chilling at the party sipping the full loco Run it like Reggie Bush back in the Rose Bowl My team ball I don't have to I'm the coach yo Try to act hood in my hood that's a no no When you cross I Brooklyn Breeze, man. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the WrestleTalk Podcast. Hey, wrestling fans, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat talking at you, and you're listening to the WrestleTalk Podcast. You know what? I'm glad Ricky Steamboat did that intro instead of me. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. I am Jeremy Carp, and my co-host, the one, the only, Drake Lee. How are you doing, Drake? What did I just... Is that it? Okay. All right. Ladies and gentlemen... start that over? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Oh, Since we have some time... JP, can you give me can you give Jeremy some music to make this actually sound good? Come on, Big Hoss. Come on, Hoss. There we go. That that Much better. Finish the introduction, please, sir. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, he is the voice of Dynamo Pro Wrestling. He is the voice of St. Louis Wrestling. And, if you ask him, he is the voice of all wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Drake Lee. If Evan wasn't coming on, we'd be doing this all night. You know, practice makes perfect. But that's okay. <sighs> okay. I it, know. I it know. was good. It was good. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. I don't I'm, have I'm, a whole I'm, soundtrack for you, Drake. Uh, it was good. I forgive you. I, I'm glad you – it sounds like there was some effort there. You know, we're – folks, by the way, I'm still trying to get this to – you know, we're – I have a team here, Jeremy, like you know, and we can't get this. They're putting up the fireplace literally right now behind me. It's it gets kind of cool looking, Jeremy. Well, I'm sure it is. Uh, how many stories do you plan on making the fireplace? No, this is just going to be a simple one just for, you know, because I needed a backdrop. I mean, Drake Lee needs backdrops whenever he does video. That, that is so true. It's just going to be – we're having like a little strip. It's like one of those modern ones. You have some flames in there and some it, – it, we put some – actually, they put crystals in the bottom which I had put in special, and, you know, so it makes it look brighter. But I'm ready for some interviews tonight. I've been really looking forward to this all day. I know we're still waiting on our guests at this time, but, Jeremy, what do you got? What do you think we're going to take away from this interview? You know what? 
I think we're going to really learn not just about Evan Ginsburg, the actor and producer. I think we're going to learn a lot about Evan Ginsburg, the wrestling fan. And those are some of the most amazing stories you can hear, just being a fan of wrestling. What do you think we're getting out of this one, Drake? Well, I think that you read everything that I just typed into the computer. To be fair, you, your team did send me multiple, and I mean multiple messages. And I told them, look, I appreciate this. I really do. But I'm going to do this myself. I got to do it. Yeah. And, now, you know, speaking, that's just... speaking of Evan, I hate cutting you off, but I think the wait is over because, ladies and gentlemen, we have him on hold. It is my pleasure and Drake's pleasure in welcoming to the WrestleTalk podcast once again, Evan Ginsburg. JP, let's get him in here. Evan, how you doing tonight? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Hey, Thanks, man. It's, it's, exactly. it's a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for coming back. It's always great having uh, my you. My pleasure. My pleasure. So I think the first thing we got to bring in is the fact that you have quite the career in fandom of wrestling. See, I kind of wanted to segue a bit. We, we we can talk more about the film, but first I want to ask you about you as a wrestling fan. I had recently read a piece uh, that you wrote regarding going live to Madison Square Garden in 1984, seeing Jimmy Superfly Snuka and the magnificent Don Morocco. Is that correct? I was at the legendary steel cage match and, um, that was the one that Mick Foley and Bubba Ray Dudley and all kinds of people were in the audience, and it changed everybody's life. Snooker starts climbing up the cage, and we had never seen anything like this up to that point. We'd, we'd seen plenty of steel cage matches at the Garden, but nobody leaping off the top of the cage. So he gets on top of the cage, and he doesn't jump down. He basically jumps up. <laughs> and back then it was flash cubes. There were no self flash cubes. Thousands of them went off. And Snooker jumps on Morocco, and basically for five minutes the sold out building shook. It shook. They just roared for five minutes. It was unbelievable. It was just, those two guys had so much charisma and was so great at that point in their careers. I tell people Don Morocco, heel Don Morocco, early to mid-80s, was as great as anybody that ever stepped foot in the ring. And Snooker was phenomenal also. It was just remarkable being there. I have to ask, you know, and that is one of the most famous moments in wrestling history. It's, I mean, it's replayed all the time in WWE highlights and wrestling highlights in general. Millions of people have watched it thanks to YouTube, even though it was 30 years before the era of 
you know, YouTube and, like you said, video cameras and everything. Um, I want to ask you, though, was that moment what truly made you a wrestling fan, or was it things from beforehand? What really got you into becoming a wrestling fan, Evan? Well, I go back much further than that. Um, I started watching in 1972. I started oh, wow. the first match. The first match I ever attended was June 24, 1974. The main event was Fred Blassie and Nikolai Volkov against Bruno and uh, Chief J. Strongbow. And, uh, you know, this was so long ago, our TV was in black and white. And when I walked into Madison Square Garden, I was a kid, and I was like, oh, my God, this is in color. This is in color, okay? <laughs> and these guys, these guys were like Marvel superheroes and supervillains come to life. I'm sitting there, and there's Killer Kowalski and the Valiant Brothers and Black Gordman and Pedro Morales. And, I mean, it was unbelievable as a kid to, to be there. And, you know, Blasty had so much charisma, and Nikolai – Nikolai used to come out and squeeze fruit, and it would explode in his bare hands. And as a kid, as a total mark, as a kid, I'm sitting there like in awe of all of this, just in awe. And basically from 74 to 85 or so, you know, through the Piper Heel era, through through the Hulkamania era, I went pretty much every month, Madison Square Garden, uh, Nassau Coliseum, Westchester County Center, and then WWF got a little cartoonish with all the characters, and I discovered the NWA, and I went to Philly every month for the Horsemen and the Road Warriors and the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Express, and that was the, that was probably the greatest wrestling I've ever seen. That was unbelievable. I mean, they had guys like Billy Graham and Jimmy Valiant mid-card, they were so loaded with talent, the NWA at that point. Well, I'm going to ask you one more question, and I'm going to pass it over to you, Drake, but i got to ask him just one more question. And considering how much you've seen in your life when it, in regards to wrestling, I have to ask, do you have I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually expand the list a bit. I was going to just ask for one, but I'm going to ask for three just because it might be a little easier. What were your top three matches that you saw live in person growing up as a wrestling fan? So you're saying the best matches, I guess. Yes. Uh, I, I thought – you're going to be surprised by the answer. I thought <laughs> that Nigel McGuinness and Brian Danielson, a.k.a. Daniel Bryan, for Ring of Honor – that was the Jack Briscoe, Dory Funk Jr. of that era. Danielson and uh, and Nigel, they had these unbelievable matches. I saw them live four times, and it was it was it was like wrestling elevated to an art. I also would say Midnight Express versus Rock and Roll Express, which took tag team wrestling to a whole different level. Um, Rick Flair and Terry Funk, the legendary I Quit match, I was in the audience. That was unbelievable. Um, I was there for Tiger Mask and Dynamite Kid when they came to the garden. And that, that you have to remember, pre-internet, 
Um, we vaguely heard of them. They were doing moves we, we never saw before. Like our, our mouths hung open. We just didn't know what we were watching. It was so off the charts great. And I would have to go with Piper and Snooker. I mean, the, the sheer charisma <laughs> of those two guys, it was like Piper would hit the ring and 8, 10, 12, 15 minutes later, you could breathe again. That's how exciting it was to see Piper and Snook alive. And going back even further, Bruno and superstar Billy Graham. The heat was off the charts, off the charts. I mean, it's hard for me to say three. I, I could say 30, you know. It's, uh, I've, I've <laughs> no, I don't blame you. And, yeah, I've gone to thousands yep. and thousands of matches over almost 50 years, but those you, come to I my head. I believe you saw, games. I believe you games saw San Martino and Ivan Koloff at Madison Square Garden, too. Is that correct? Um, I wasn't there for the title change, but I saw Bruno wrestle Ivan Koloff many times live. And I tell people, you got two guys in a black pair of tights walking to the ring, no pyro, no blaring entrance music. These guys, <laughs> these guys had just sheer charisma and the building shook, you know? Ivan Koloff was tremendous. It's a disgrace that WWE didn't put them in the didn't put him in the Hall of Fame. Absolute disgrace. The man headlined Madison Square Garden 13 times. How do you not put this guy in the Hall of Fame? You're world champion, no less. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to let Drake take over, ask you some questions, because I know he is just so excited to hear from you, just as I am. Drake, take it away, my friend. Well, Evan... I, Evan, I know that you're a very knowledgeable guy, so I, you know, you're very smart. You sounded very intelligent. But can we just, can we, we got to address something before we get into the meat and potatoes of this interview? Uh, do you think it's kind of, kind of rude though, Jeremy? You know, he's late 15 minutes and he claims technical difficulties, and then he just kind of takes over the interview from me. What do you think? I mean, took okay. it from me. I, I don't know. I don't know the politics, and and considering. Considering all the politics going in the world, I just, I just, I stay in the middle. I'm, I'm, I'm Sweden. You understand? I, I don't get in the middle of these. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty good. I'll give you that one. Yeah. So, I'm, I have a whole bunch of notes here, just because I was really fascinated by all the stuff you've worked on. Um, but real quick, before I really get into kind of the more deep questions, I'm just going to ask you a real quick question because you've been talking with Jeremy about some of the great stuff that you've watched as a fan with the professional wrestling industry, do you think at this point in time, because everyone has a different opinion, but do you think at this time there's something missing in the professional wrestling industry that was there in the past? And if it is, what is it? Well, it's hard to, it's hard to sum that up in 30 seconds. I, I think there are guys today like Okada and Naido to New Japan, who are doing stuff that the old school guys couldn't have dreamed of. I mean, that's off the charts great. I mean, Okada and Kenny Omega were having these unbelievable ma- unbelievable matches, and I don't dismiss today's wrestling. I just don't like the way WWE presents it, where the titles are meaningless, and it's bad comedy, and stilted, scripted promos, and um, the matches are interrupted in the middle on TV and with two commercial breaks and 
15 or 20 commercials where it just takes you out of the action. My wife is from South Korea. I was in South Korea last year, and I turned on wrestling, and they had a lot of commercials before the match, a lot of commercials after the match, but they didn't interrupt the matches. They respected the audience enough to let them at least watch the match. So I tell people in a three-hour roar, if there's 20 or 30 minutes of worthwhile action, you know, that's basically it. And that's a big investment of time to enjoy 20 or 30 minutes of it. So I don't like the way WWE does things. I do like the way New Japan treats it as a sport and treats it, you know, with respect and it's not a circus. And so, and I love the Indies. I support the Indies. You know, I, I've worked as an indie manager on New York, New Jersey area indies. I mean, I, I love wrestling. It's, uh, you know, a lot of the old school guys, they're like, uh, you know, there's been no good wrestling since the territories, which is absolute nonsense. You got guys in the, the, what bothers me about WWE, you have one of the greatest talent rosters in history. How great is AJ Styles? Okay, how great is Kevin Owens? You know, you got uh, NXT. The whole roster is is excellent. I mean, but you know, why present Raw and SmackDown like like it's a circus or a kid show? I, you know, that I don't really enjoy, to be honest. Thank you, thank you. You hit it right on the head. Like I, everything you said, I've been saying for months. I just, I'm, it's so refreshing to hear you say that because that's that's where thank I you. stand on it too. So, Good. I appreciate that because sometimes, you know, the fans, they don't like hearing that, you know, WWE is my religion and they get angry, but yeah, I love AJ Styles. You watch AJ Styles and Nakamura at Wrestle Kingdom, that's art, you know, it's like, so you use the guy right, you know, let him wrestle for 20 minutes and don't interrupt him and let an artist create art. Right, and since we're on, before we move on to the next one, I just you, you hit it right on the head with AJ Styles. When when they brought Nakamura in, I really thought this is what the wrestling industry needs. This is going to be great. They're going to do AJ Nakamura, and it just you know you can tell the way their production is to the way they handle business. It's so much different than the way New Japan does things and the Ring of Honor does things, and it's just and even AEW in a way. But it's just to the point where you're right. It just they kind of missed out on a lot of opportunities with with some guys that. Or you know we hear it all the time, and I think Jim Cornette's a great man, one of the greatest managers of all time. But he's a huge proponent of, of modern wrestling, or a huge opponent of it. And you know you're right, people in New Japan and there's wrestlers that are in New Japan and even Ring of Honor can do things that those you know guys that hell we remember as legends and still think of them as legends couldn't even try to do. And it's it's yeah, great to hear that. It, but but the the other part of it that people don't seem to grasp sometimes I'll see. Um, Somebody will call out some old school legend and go, I don't understand what was so great about, you know, no roll off Chief J Strongbow. And I'll go, well, you know, no, he was not AJ Styles, obviously, but, right. but the charisma was off the chart. The, uh, the psychology was off the chart. The fans cared. They were emotionally invested. You know, it's like apples and oranges. Like, you know, I grew up on Earl the Pearl Monroe, and you could say he's not LeBron James, but Earl the Pearl Monroe was great too. You know, it's it's two different eras. It's hard to compare these things. And, 
it's almost unfair. You know, you could say superstar Billy Graham wasn't the best worker, but let me tell you, the guy guy had charisma off the charts, and the guy drew money. He drew money. You know, Vince has 82 guys with a six-pack of abs who can't draw money, you know? Yeah, yeah. You hit it right on the head. I mean, literally right on the head. Um, trans- just a transition here real quick. I- I'm reading through these notes that I have, and this is, believe it or not, Evan, this is Jeremy and myself's first time co-hosting the show together. We got brought in to kind of change things up with the Russell Talk, and this is one that Jeremy and I both wanted to be a part of because we both found it really fascinating, all the things that you do and have done. I'm reading, though, just to kind of get into the big you know, portion of, of kind of what I wanted to talk about a little bit and get our audience kind of familiar with or even more familiar with it is your work in the wrestler and all the work you do. You know, talk, can you talk about that? What was it like working as a producer and as an actor in that, uh, in that movie with Mickey Rourke? Was there, was there something that um, you went into, into that movie thinking was going to be, you perceived it as um, that kind of changed the way you saw um, production of movies or, or is talk to us about that experience? Because I'm really curious to hear that. Um, we've heard a lot of wrestlers, uh, especially, you know, more, more notably Chris Jericho kind of talk about the wrestler and give their idea on the on the piece. But I'm interested to hear from someone that was there, for, you know, as a part of the production team, as someone that was on the set. What was that movie like for you? And what was that? What was your point in doing the movie? And why did you uh, participate in it? And what did that movie mean for you? I was an agent in pro wrestling. I was sitting at an autograph session with, Nikolai Volkov and Johnny Valiant, who are dear friends, they're both gone now. And the best friend of the executive producer, Scott Franklin, and sometimes people don't understand the titles. The executive producer is the money guy. He makes the deals. He gets the funding. So the best friend of the executive producer approached us, and he said, you guys would be perfect for this project, um, you know, Darren Aronofsky, who I, I was very familiar with. I had seen Requiem for a Dream and Pie and some of his early films. And, you know, I knew the guy was a creative genius. And um, so, you know, I, you know, we exchanged cards and stuff, and I didn't hear anything for a while. And then all of a sudden I got a call, and I set up a meeting, and we're, we're sitting at dinner with the executive producer and, and Darren Darren Aronofsky himself and the uh, screenwriter and, you know, one or two of their guys. And I had with me Johnny Valiant, Nikolai, Tiger Khan, who's also gone, um, uh, Nikolai's manager, Nikita Brezhnikov, who just wrote a book. And um, we just hit it off. We just hit it off. We bonded. And Johnny was like the funniest guy in the world. He was actually a stand-up comedian also. And Nikolai was like the, he's like, he was like a big teddy bear, warm, friendly, you know, you can't imagine because he was such a menacing heel, but he was just a lovable guy. And we just hit it off. The next thing I know, you know, they said, we want you to be our wrestling guy. We want you to do the casting calls for the wrestlers. And, you know, ultimately I brought in Mickey's trainer and stunt double and et cetera, so on. And, um, I even helped with the scripts to a certain degree, pointing out this wouldn't necessarily ring true, you know, et cetera, so on. And I'm on set one day, and it's that the – oh, so so 
I take them to this wrestling convention. This is a funny story. Every, basically, every weekend for six months, I took the crew down to indie wrestling shows, Ring of Honor, you know, uh, Jersey All-Pro, et cetera, so on. Whoever was running at that time, this was uh, 2006, 2007. The movie was shot in 2008. And um, I would take them down to these various wrestling-related things. And I take them to this convention. And there's, picture this, sitting at this, these long tables, there's Mula, Mae Young, Lou Albano, Nikolai, Johnny, okay, Johnny Valiant. Wow. Like, wow. like the greatest stars in, in history. Wow. And there's nobody there. There's nobody there. It was depressing. It was grim. It was grim. Iron Sheik's head was down on the table asleep. That's how dead it was. And Aronofsky oh, kept going to me. Aronofsky kept going, Evan, where is everybody? He, he was embarrassed because here's these legends and nobody came out. Okay? When I say nobody, I'm talking 20, 30 people. It was grim. Grim. So that was written into the script. That wasn't in the original script. Okay, oh, so wow. that the pre- that the pressing autograph scene in the wrestler, one that's those are all my gimmicks on the, on those tables. Okay, two, I'm standing on the set, I'm just watching, and all of a sudden Aronofsky gets this smirk and he goes, Evan, Evan, come here for a second. I go, yeah, and he goes, he goes, I want you to walk all the tables, walk up to Mickey last. Ask him for an autograph and a Polaroid. I've never acted in my life. I'm just sitting there. No makeup, <laughs> nothing. He just throws me in cold. And Mickey whispers in my ear, he goes, just improv it. Like, he thinks I'm an actor. <laughs> you know, I'm one of the producers. So, so as I'm doing this, I, I do exactly what they said. I walked up to all the tables. None of them, none of them were wrestlers except Manny Yarborough who's also gone now. Manny Yarborough was a famous sumo, black sumo. He was in early UFC, and Johnny was there, and Johnny was doing the chic, the Iron Sheik deal where his head was on the table asleep, okay? So I walk up to Mickey last, and I'm thinking, what would I say to, like, a, a famous wrestler that I liked as a kid? And I go, I saw you as a kid. I saw you at the garden. Can I have your autograph? And he looks at me and he goes, what's your name? So, so now I'm thinking, I mean, we're improv it. I just oh, go, Evan. <laughs> so it, it dawns on me how surreal this is. I'm playing myself in a fictional movie. How bizarre this is. Okay. So <laughs> we, do, we do the deal. Aronofsky runs over me, starts pounding me on the chest going, that was great. That was great. And I'm thinking to myself, all I did was say what I would say to any wrestler, you know. And uh, so I'm sitting, I'm sitting, the punchline to the story, we're at the, we're at the New York Film Festival, one of the most prestigious film festivals in the world. 2,300 seats sold out, 40 bucks a ticket. And I'm sitting there with my girlfriend, who's now my wife. She looks at the screen. She looks at me. She goes, that's you. That's you. I go, yeah, I, I know that. I know that. So it was just surreal, absolutely surreal. The movie ends, standing ovation. And I, I said to people, I said, this was the best night of my life because people don't realize 
We shot that in 35 days, seven five-day weeks, but it took between all the script writing and fundraising, that movie took seven years from start to finish. Oh, wow. Seven years. No kidding. Yeah. So people don't realize what goes into a movie. Uh, We just did a documentary, 350 days. That took six years. Six years. So... You know, people watch a movie for an hour and a half, two hours, and it's over. They they don't know what's gone into it. Wow. I mean, that. so I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of had – whenever I ask questions, I kind of have an idea of what someone's going to answer. Um, and, and that just – that completely threw me because I, that was just really interesting because those are the things that we don't – as viewers don't ever think about. So before I, I move on to my last question, I just want to briefly touch on 350 days because I actually think this is – I honestly really enjoyed this interview. I know Jeremy did. I know we have a game show challenge coming up in about five minutes, but I would really like to see if we can have you back on in the future and talk about some things uh, relating to wrestling too yeah, for a little pleasure. bit. My pleasure. My uh, pleasure. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But can you talk real quick um, just briefly if you could about – uh, the 350 days project, because I know that, um, this is a new, this is the newest one that, um, you've been doing with documentaries. And I, you just said that you took a long time on this one to make, but what can uh, the viewers kind of expect out of this for someone who's never watched this before? Sure. 350 days is a full length documentary starring Bret Hart, superstar, Billy Graham, Greg Valentine, Tito Santana, Ox Baker. I mean, we have three dozen legends in this movie. Basically, they pour their guts out about being on the road, some of them 300-plus days a year. That's where the title came from. Guys like Ric Flair, Flair's not in the movie, wrestled 350 days a year as the world champion. Bret Hart said he wrestled about 336 days a year. Greg Valentine told me 320 days. So basically the theme of the movie is what's it like to be away from your family, away from your wife, away from your kids. Sorry, I'm working Starcade. Sorry, I'm working Survivor Series. I can't be home for Thanksgiving. I can't be home for Christmas. I can't be home for the birth of my child, the wedding of my older child. And what this does to marriages, you know, relationships, and, you know, besides sex, drugs, rock and roll, celebrity, you know, it's, it's a, it was a crazy lifestyle for these guys. And basically they're very openly and honestly, you know, pouring their hearts out about the sacrifices and the physical pain. I've had wrestlers say to me, Evan, I'm always in pain. Always. Imagine taking bumps 300 plus days a year. You know, they go, oh, oh, wrestling's fake. Gravity isn't fake. You're throwing guys around the ring, okay? Exactly. Gravity right. isn't I, fake. I've had three matches in about four months, and I'm still, I feel every bit of them. And I just, I, I literally thought the other day of it, I, I was sitting there going, man, my neck's kind of still sore from that. And I'm going, how the hell did, they, did these guys do it in the 80s? Because you're right. I mean, these, there was, and, and, and not to, to cut you off, but just add on to it, there, the medicine that to help, you know, keep the body's longevity going, and keep it up wasn't really there too, so it's it's really it's phenomenal that they were even able to go that for as long as they did for the length of time that they did. Well, the real pros, the real pros will tell you I worked light, you know, I wasn't taking crazy bumps, but still, you know, um, 
I, I am always saddened when I see, for example, at the end, Holly Race was in a wheelchair. You have no idea how great Holly Race was in his prime. Unbelievable, okay? Abdullah the Butch is in a wheelchair now. You know, uh, I've seen Iron Cheek in a wheelchair. And it saddens me because I remember the incredible, incredible athletes these guys were. And Johnny Valiant was also an act, say to me, you know, Al Pacino could walk down the street. He puts on sunglasses and a baseball cap. Nobody notices him. But when a wrestler walks down the street, these guys are larger than life. I mean, and the charisma and, you know, wrestlers, they're, they're great athletes. They're great actors. They're, they're great performers. They're performance artists. They're storytellers. I respect the art of professional wrestling. I respect an AJ Styles as an artist. I don't like to see wrestling portrayed as a circus. You know, yep. um, I, I, I love the wrestling business, and uh, but I have a love-hate relationship with the wrestling business because it's killed so many of the guys that I've respected and even known and been friends with. It, there's a long trail of dead bodies in this business, and I always like to throw in it's a disgrace that they don't have pensions and 401ks and health benefits. It's a, it's a disgrace. Right. And I, I totally agree with you on that. And, and I mean, you hit it right on the head. I mean, they do so much. I mean, I, you're right. I, just before we go on my last question, because I didn't want to go off on a tangent, but you kind of got me a little fired up now. People don't realize. Yeah. You see, I, you I see hope guys. so. I hope so. A guy who headlines Madison Square Garden shouldn't be pushing a broom or working a door at a at a strip club after it's all over. You know, these right. guys. These guys should be paid what they're worth and, you know, be treated as the stars that they want. Absolutely. These guys headlined arenas around the world. Absolutely. I mean, you're absolutely right. Evan, you're absolutely right, and and I really, if honestly, that'd be great to touch on too. Whenever you, we do get you back on the show, because that that could take me, you and I could have a conversation on that for about an hour and a half. I feel like because you're you're you hit it right on the money. Um, before we head over to the game show challenge, though, which folks for the first time ever, Drake Lee is admitting that I'm a little nervous about heading into this game show challenge. Jer- Jeremy cheated the last time, so I'm still undefeated, but maybe not after this. But let's talk real quick. Right now, you're currently the co-host I'm seeing of Wrestling and Everything Coast to Coast. What can what can uh, viewers and listeners on our pod, on on Russell Talk podcast uh, what what can you give them information wise to to get them to potentially come over and give you a listen and and to grow your uh, your audience as well? Even though I'm sure you're doing quite thank, well. Thank you, thank you. What we do is one hour extensive interviews with the unsung heroes of the business. You know, instead of talking to the same guys, we're talking to guys who may not be household names, but have devoted their lives to the wrestling business. For example, uh, we had J.J. McGuire, who did most, most of the legendary theme music with Jimmy Hart for, you know, the wrestlers. And this guy was in the mix with everything and during the Hulkamania era. And, you know, an hour with a guy like that, you're going to hear things that you just don't usually hear. Um, You know, so basically once a week we do a one-hour extensive interview with really interesting people that have devoted 
God, decades of their lives to the wrestling business, and you don't often hear them on wrestling radio shows. Right. And, you know, that's really that's really so important, too, because everyone, you know, you know fans nowadays and even, um, you know, fans that in general, just the common fan or just people that think about the business, they don't – a lot of times we don't think about the guys that are kind of the unsung heroes of the business that – where, you know, guys, to me, um, I don't know if you've, you know, just, just someone who comes off to the top of my head for my generation is someone to me who's kind of one of those guys is, is someone like a Barry Horowitz who, you know, was really making – really working great, great athlete, great wrestler, and not a lot of people – I mean, a lot of people know him for, you know, his enhancement talent, but not a lot of people know about everything he really did in his career. And just, just people like that, and I, I don't know if that's kind of where, I'm, where you're kind of getting at with – where oh, absolutely, going absolutely. We just had on Irish Mickey Doyle, who worked every territory. I mean, the guy, whether he was prelim, mid-card, or main event, the guy worked everywhere, with everyone, in Japan, overseas. I mean, I mean the guy, it was fascinating. And uh, But he's not the first guy they're going to call to do a radio interview because he, he, he's on, you know, career-wise. You could say he's on par with a Barry Horowitz, but I remember Barry Horowitz in the Florida Territory and other territories, Jack Hart, you know, diff- under different names. And, you know, um, he was great. Barry Horowitz was great. And he'd be a very interesting guy to talk to for an hour. I totally agree. And sometimes these I've, – I've done – God, I've done thousands of interviews over 30 years of radio, TV, and film, and you'd be surprised. Sometimes the biggest names are the worst interviews, and sometimes the lesser names are great interviews. You'd be surprised. Well, you know what? That's kind of funny because, fun fun fact, I know some people that work at uh, KTRS in St. Louis, which is a radio station. It's called 550. And Ric Flair, they they always tell me the story just because – they know I'm in the wrestling business, and they tell us they tell me the story all the time when he came in, and uh, to do this radio interview before wrestling at the chase one day, and uh, he came in and he just drank like all of their coffee, like like literally everything that they had to keep brewing pots of coffee and a machine broke or something, and then they go well we didn't really and they're like we gave them all this coffee and then he kind of he gave us a good interview but it was kind of boring whenever we were waiting to get going. And I, and I was like, well, so it wasn't what you expected from Ric Flair. And I go, well, it was, but we just expected, you know, something different. And that's why I think it's kind of interesting to hear those stories about interviews and stuff, because the way we perceive somebody on camera, like you said, is so much different in times to how they really are in real life. I could do, I could do a one-hour show just telling you about interviews I've done over the years, man. Uh, Sherry Martell three or four in the morning interviewing her where she said I was on the road for 15 years. I never saw my kid grow up talking about the sacrifices of this business. And, uh, I was on, I was on with Eddie Guerrero two or three weeks after Art Barr, his partner was found dead in a hotel room and he was sobbing, sobbing. I mean, yeah, over the years, I've interviewed most of the legends in the business. And um, again, you know, sometimes like Lou, Lou Albano was very forgetful. He was one of the greatest talkers of all time, but it wasn't the greatest interview I ever had. And I love Lou. I was a huge 
fan of Lou Albano and the Valiant. So you never know with an interview. And sometimes when you go to these conventions or work these conventions, you could sit for breakfast or lunch with somebody and just be surprised how interesting they are, eclectic, you know, like a, like a Boris Sukhoff, for example. I sat down with this guy for a meal one day, and like this guy, this guy's fascinating. And I was never a huge, huge fan, you know, but he had a great career all over the world. And, you know, these guys could just regale you with stories, you know. So it's, it's almost like it, it doesn't even pay to go in with expectations. You know, sometimes the biggest names disappoint you, and the lesser names, they wow you. So, you know, radio is live. And um, I was on a 50,000-watt station for 16 years and basically what I was taught was it's 80% the guest, 20% the host, and listen, listen, and, you know, have human interest questions, not not the robotic, what about that angle in 1972 in Chattanooga? <laughs> you know, it's like the human part of the business is what's really interesting. You know, Johnny Valiant wrestled for oil sheiks three in the morning, you know, you know, in the Middle East. And he looked out in the crowd, and there wasn't a single woman. You know, Paul Vachon wrestled in India in front, butcher Paul Vachon in front of a hundred thousand people, and guys going to Puerto Rico and wondering if they're going to get out with their lives because they were heels, and the fans were wanted to murder them. You know, these these are the stories that are interesting to me more so than you know this angle and that angle that you know been. T- how many times are people going to talk about the screw job finish? Isn't it a thing already? God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're absolutely right. I, and I, I'm just, I completely agree with you. And Jeremy can even attest with, I don't agree very often. I really don't. But you're right. I don't care. I, listen, I can hear 180 different interviews about, you know, Wendy Richter and the original screw job. I really can. I've, I've seen so much about, and I think it's interesting. But I want to I want to know more about the traveling stories. I want to know about you know the certain life stories that come up around the you know on the way. Wendy Richter. What... Wendy Richter is in 350 days, and she says, you know, I couldn't have I couldn't have a baby. Where was I going to put the baby on the ring apron? I was in a different town every night wrestling. That's what's interesting to me, you know. You're absolutely right. You're I'm I'm literally absolutely right. I just I can't say more. You hit it right on the head. It's that intangible stuff that that we forget about so often. And uh you know, I just we could go on. I feel like you and I could go on and Jeremy on this discussion for about 3 days if we wanted to. It's just it's so it's so interesting. And I'll, I just I'll I'm come so, back anytime you guys I'll come back anytime you guys need me. It's the middle of the pandemic. I'm bored, out of my, I'm bored out of my mind. I hear you on that. Well, Jeremy, I think I've taken up a little bit more time than I thought. So why don't we, you know, if we we can, just let's go ahead and get to this game show challenge. I'm not feeling confident. Well, (laughs) with that said, I do got to give one last quick thought, you know, just because that was an absolutely amazing just discussion. And like you said, we could do that for days. But, you know, I met Harley Race the late great Harley race last year in April to head his, one of his uh, wrestling shows out in Troy, Missouri. And right. yeah, he was in a motorized scooter at the time, but you know, it shook his hand because <laughs> back then, you know, we were still able to do that. And I just thanked him for 
everything he meant to the business, for all of us, you know, past wrestling fans and current future. I mean, and it's trailblazers like him, you know, and that's just one of many, you know, sadly are no longer with us. And I wholeheartedly I saw, agree. I saw Holly Race. I saw Holly Race wrestle Bob Backlund at the Garden title versus title. I saw Holly Race versus Dusty Rhodes at the Garden for the NWA title. The guy was magnificent. Magnificent. Absolutely. Well, speaking of magnificent, we're going to see if you will be magnificent in the Wrestle Talk Game Show Challenge. Sure. Okay. Let's see how this goes. JP, hit the music. installment of the world famous Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge, folks. Tonight's contest is scheduled for the best two out of three falls. Our contestants are the self-proclaimed thoroughbred of lust, Drake Lee, and critically acclaimed movie producer and lifelong wrestling fan, Evan Ginsberg. In a few moments, I will ask you three I will ask you three questions about a particular professional wrestling topic. Whenever you think you know the answer to the question, shout out your answer. The first person to win two falls will win tonight's game show challenge. Now, in honor of tonight's guest, our Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge category is titled, perfectly enough, at the movies. I will give information about three famous professional wrestlers who have acted in movies as well has competed inside the professional wrestling ring. Like I said, when you think you know who I am talking about, please shout out your answer, and we will see who gets the first two falls and will win the contest. So, Drake, are you ready? I, I am, but I don't like the self-proclaimed. I feel like that's pretty much all across the board, you know. We'll yeah. take what we can get. Evan, are you ready? I've never been more ready for anything in my life. Yeah. All right, let's do this, folks. This is going to be one hell of a game show challenge. Question number one. This 2018 WWE Hall of Famer was in such movies as Ready to Rumble and The Longest Yard. This man was also known for an incredible winning streak. That Goldberg. Kurt Angle? Kurt Angle? Goldberg. Wait a minute. Drake, you said Goldberg? Yep. That is correct. Bill Goldberg. Okay. okay. Let's give him a round of applause, folks. There you go. Uh, they don't need a oh. round of applause. Wow. It's not, it's okay. much of a, it's not that saying, much of a surprise a that I'm right. All right. All right. I see how it is. All right. Question number two. You got this, Evan. This professional wrestler has accomplished a lot in his lifetime. He has won countless championships in the WWF slash WWE. His father and grandfather are both WWE Hall of Famers. He has been in such movies as Beyond the Mat, Moana, and the Fast and the Furious series. Oh, The The Rock. Rock. The Rock. Oh, I think I heard Evan say The Rock first. 
Dwayne the Rock Johnson is correct. There you go. Alrighty. So we have reached a tie. So of course it is time for the tie breaking question. Let's do this, gentlemen. Question number three. Early in his professional wrestling career, this wrestler was a part of Evolution. After leaving Evolution, he went on to write a book, win several singles and tag team championships in the WWE, and landed a leading role in the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise. Oh, shoot. Batista. Oh, Evan, did you say Batista? Yep. And that is correct. Did I win a new car? <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, not just a new car. You won Drake's new car. Okay. That's fair <laughs> enough. Awesome. Let's give, a, let's give our game show challenge winner a big round of applause. And, yes, it is well-deserved. Thank you. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. And they stay there, and they stay there, and they stay there. Actually, you know what? We had thought to ourselves, you know what? What would make it sing to Drake more? Then a round of applause. So we got DJ Kylie to help us out. So congratulations, Evan, on giving Drake his second consecutive loss in the game show challenge. Although he I'm may contesting. not have the I'm contesting. There you go. You contest any one you want. You lost two straight. Evan, it was my absolute pleasure to lose to you. Don't let Jeremy fool you. I'm not that mean of a person. He just sometimes cheats on the game show challenge. I'm not accusing you. I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah, okay. maybe Jeremy, you know, you know how it goes, Evan. He he gave me all the answers an hour before showtime. Oops, I'm not supposed to say that. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> right. Evan, it's really been a blast. I, I, I've had a, a, just a joy interviewing you, and I can't I wait have to have you back Evan. on the show. Absolutely. Oh, my this pleasure. Has been wonderful. And seriously, any any time, guys. I, I appreciate you having me on, and uh, you you guys do a great job. And um, you know, keep up the great work. Uh, I like I like your format. You know, I I get I get very bored with uh, you know a zillion and one podcast doing the same thing. You guys do something different. It's special. Well, we appreciate uh, I mean, you saying that. Yeah, we anyway, really appreciate thanks, that. Guys. Thanks, thanks so much. I really do appreciate it also. Yeah, you stay and we'll safe have, and you have a wonderful night, Evan, definitely. We'll, we'll have Skywalker Roberts get out to you, and we'll, we'll make sure we get you back on because this was just too good of a discussion. This is uh, my you favorite. You got it. That was the tip of the iceberg. I, I'm at this for 50 years. So oh. Anytime, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Perfect. Thank you, Evan. Okay. Take Be care. Well, bye, my friend. Bye. Good night. Take care. <laughs> Well, Drake, that was ah oh, man, you were right on on the ball with. We could have just done that for days on end. He's just a book full of history of amazing stories, life experiences. The wrestling world truly lives in him, and I, for one, just loved every minute of that interview. 
Yeah, I mean, you're, you know what? Honestly, uh, you know, I'll, you know, I'll put my ego aside, even though it's very hard to. It, it, that was really, really incredible. I learned so much. And you know what, Jeremy? You forgot to do something. What did I forget to do? <sighs> what did you forget to do? What did you forget to do? Well, I have something to tell you, Jeremy. Here's what you forgot to do. What uh? Do you have our little notes here from uh, Skywalker, Luke Roberts? I do. What uh? I, I'm reading here, 8:12 p.m. It says uh, someone was supposed to uh, talk about the great sponsors that Russell Talk has. Are you trying to make sure I don't get paid, Jeremy? Drake, believe me, with what you have in your possession, it is quite hard for you not to get paid. This contract you already signed. I was getting to it. Just take a deep breath. You know, don't let the air in your head explode. I got you covered, Ooh. buddy. Okay? Look at you. Look at you firing back. It's almost like, you know what? See, this is what I need out of Chris Rodell. Then I'd like him a little bit more. <laughs> I appreciate that stuff. I got you. So, you know what? Let's make you earn your pay. Here we go, folks. It is time to plug the wonderful sponsors that we have here at the Wrestle Talk Podcast. We have ourselves the Painter's Dream Productions. We also have to thank Blog Talk Radio, the FWWC, the greatest fantasy wrestling group in the world. You can check them all out at www.wrestletalkpodcast.com and, of course, on the WrestleTalk Podcast Facebook page. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find Drake Lee's magnificent voice at Dynamo Pro Wrestling if I'm correct on that one. And, of course, you can find me at Interstate 70 Sports Media. We are on Facebook and on Twitter and on www.interstate70sports.media, which is also partly responsible for paying Drake Lee. So you're welcome. Oh, God, you're a sponsor, aren't you? Yeah. So, so I got so to be nice Of course to I won't forget. <laughs> Oh, shit. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Jeremy Carp's right. I'm sorry, Jeremy. Don't withdraw any sponsorships. I need the money. I I need to buy an indoor swimming pool and hot tub area for my second home. And just just keep, keep doing what you're doing. But, folks, it's been fun. I'm going to let Jeremy close the show, but I just want to say – this is what it's going to be like from now on. You're going to get a little bit of Night Owl. You're going to get a little bit of Nightmare Jones. You're going to get a little bit of Jeremy. You're going to get a lot of me, and you guys are welcome for that. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I will be in Mount Vernon, Illinois, November 29th. I'll be taking on uh, – oh, I don't know what I'm going to do up there yet, but I'll be up there in Mount Vernon, IWAP. Great organization, and like always, I am with Dynamo Pro Wrestling, one of the, if not the, best wrestling organizations in all the Midwest, and specifically St. Louis. But, folks, it's been fun. Jeremy, take it away, and please send that check-in because I need my hot tub. Oh, hey, we got to get you a hot tub for your second home, my friend. I got you covered. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and the only Drake Lee. And as for me, I'm Jeremy Carp. I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. And I really want to thank Evan Ginsburg for being on the show. My favorite guest, he's been fantastic the entire interview. Also enjoyed that game show challenge. Like I said, you can find us at Interstate 70 Sports Media. Got a lot of love for the Wrestle Talk podcast team. 
And you can also you can also find good old Evan Ginsberg on his show, which is also you can also find him you can also watch the wrestling there's so many things with Evan and um bear with me one second because Drake is still texting me. Why is it Drake finds it in his mind to constantly text me about his um about his business partners and everything. Oh my gosh. Why? Why does he do it? I don't know. Anyway, currently you can find Evan Ginsburg as the co host of the Wrestling and Everything Coast to Coast. See, I got you, Drake. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Jeremy Carp. Got a lot of love for each and every one of you. And I'm gonna close this out by saying one thing and one thing only. Life is like a book full of empty pages just waiting to be written in. Make your lives worth reading. Peace and love, everybody. Good night. Work.